Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, this is Michael Adams with Nothing But The Truth. February 26, 2015, and uh, we are going to attempt to do another episode of uh, the Catholic slash Islam Connection Part 2, and uh, before we get started, though, first thing I want to mention is I know last show, last night's brief recording, I said it was going to take a few days off because of my health issues. But uh, at this burning desire and uh, serve the Lord, speak the truth, to fight the good fight, regardless of how bad I feel. I think part of it was, you know, just realizing that uh, regardless of how I feel, the battle still must go on. I think part of it, too, was uh, thinking about, of all people, Tom Press. Um how he's inspired me in this show, uh, his fight, his vigor, his willingness to stand up for principles and what he believes in. And uh, although I imagine both of us feel we're on the high ground, and, and York Glissman as well, he, I'm sure he feels he's on the high ground, just as I do. I imagine in the end, this good will come from this party. Because I think in the end, we need to actually start having more venues out there, if you will, speaking the truth. Um, you know, another issue, too, was um, I was listening to this video, and I'm not going to knock the YouTube channel because I really don't care much for the YouTube channel. I mean, it's for saying, I mean, it's not, what I mean by that is, I'm not at war with the particular YouTube channel, but it was uh, it has on there uh, Age of Deceit Part One and Two, and as I was listening to that, I was like, man, there's nothing about the Jesuits, there's nothing about Rome, there's nothing about the Vatican, there's nothing historical. It's all a bunch of fables and fairy tales. Um, it, it's talking all about this stuff that I've realized is it's all a smokescreen. A deception to keep people off the real problem, the real source of our problem. You know, as long as we are looking into the future, as long as we're paying attention to uh, the Luciferian agenda that's out there, as they say, um, with all their different groups and their connections to the UN, which is controlled by the Jesuits and the Vatican, we miss the big picture. And um, so we had a, a bit of a exchange on that uh, uh, YouTube channel. And, you know, I was like, you know, the fight's still in me, regardless of how absolutely cruddy I feel. 
and I know I need to still keep doing this. And even if at the end of the day, I end up being the fall guy or the most hated man on the planet, I tell you what, it's worth it, especially if people hear what Tom had to say, what others like Tom had to say, and they come to the realization of Daniel's 70th week and how it was fulfilled yeah, by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ almost 2,000 years ago. If they come to realize how everything that they've been told was going on in the Middle East, um, all the stuff that's coming out of the UN, um, all this Gnosticism, all this uh, mysticism, all the many different things that are being thrown at us from quote-unquote demons that are UFOs to um, uh, stuff like, you know, uh, fallen angels came down and made it men and all that. You know, I've realized that what it really is, they're gatekeepers. Do I think that all of them deliberately are being gatekeepers? No. I think it's deception at its finest. And I think it's really important that uh, we expose this deception and we get back to the basics, the word of God. And all these people that say, well, you know what? Uh, you have your view, I have my view. You know, it's fine. But the basics, we must agree on. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, the only begotten Son, who came in the flesh, who fulfilled Daniel's 70-week prophecy. We have to get back to these basics. We have to understand, as the Reformers did, who the biblical historical antichrist is and has always been. There's nothing's changed. The only thing that's changed is the degree of deception thanks to the Counter-Reformation. So, anyways, the guy said, you know, he's threatened to make a video about me and all that. I hope he does. And I hope he makes me look like the worst idiot that ever was. <laughs> I do, because I know well, in some strange way, it will glorify God because God's message will be heard. His true message will be heard. And people will finally have that opportunity to hear his truth. And not the fables and not the fairy tales, but his truth. So pray that he actually will do that. <laughs> that he will make a terrible video about me. And that will cause people to come and look at the, listen to the show, listen to what Tom, people like Tom Press shared, uh, and um, heck, even York and others, even myself. I, all I'm doing is parroting the information that I found from others like Dave, Nikeo, um, and etc. I mean, I, I'm not trying to present you any new information as far as coming from me. I'm just trying to share the research, the understanding that I've already obtained by the grace of God. So, But, you know, it is a battle out there, and it will be the worst of my, of, of my enemies, most likely will not be Roman Catholics or Muslims, but will be these twisted, fake, or no, let me rephrase that, twisted, um, confused, deceived Christians who are bought into all this nonsense and have been trained by the Jesuits themselves. 
And, you know, they're the ones that probably are going to be the problem. Um, so far, it's, it's been the case. So I don't know. I can't predict the future. But we'll start out with Yahoo.com, you know. You've got to look at these headlines and ask yourself a question. Why is this one particular institution always dominating the headlines? And um, headline number three, it's a uh, stream, Al Jazeera, Dot com, Norwegian Catholic Church raided. Church accused of falsely listing immigrants as members to get state funding. Imagine that. You think that's happening here in the United States? Do you think we might have a problem here? Do you think it's important that we talk about before and prior to the visit of the Antichrist, the biblical historical Antichrist, the Pope, visit here in our country, the United States of America. Can we talk about, you know, this? Talk about why he, for the first time ever, is going to have a joint session of Congress that is going to the UN again. Um, could this be some kind of, you know, a message to us of who actually is running this show? Should we be concerned knowing the fact that he actually it is the biblical historical antichrist? Now, some imaginary fellow that might come in the future, and yeah, people say, well, I have right to my opinion. You certainly do. That doesn't mean it's right. doesn't mean it's right. Mm-hmm. And some things are issues as far as being wrong are bigger than others. And mistaking who the Antichrist is, that's a pretty big issue. Also mistaking the fact that Daniel's 70th week was fulfilled 2,000 years is a huge issue. And if one doesn't understand that, does not accept that, you'll be duped big time. You'll be punked like I've been so many times on these, uh, on the Internet and other sources of information. Anyways, oh yeah, we got another thing about the Philippines again. You know, ever since the Pope showed up, Philippines really become a hot topic in this country. What is the, why is so that important? Well, it's the largest Catholic community or, or country, uh, at least predominantly for populous in Asia. And be, be not surprised that they uh, start hearing more of them doing the bidding of the papacy. And it says, I, Business Insider, I've traveled all over the world. This small Philippine island is my favorite new beach destination. So they're really pushing Philippines, trying to get those faithful Roman Catholics to support their agenda there. <laughs> it's pretty clear as day. Once again, the article from Daily Beast, Confessions of a Gay Jesuit, how I was forced to leave my church and calling. <clears throat> and it says here, uh, Ben uh, uh, Bernkert wanted to be a priest, but confronted by the hypocrisy and prejudice of the Catholic Church, he had to quit, which is really ironic because the number of homosexuals in the Roman Catholic priesthood. In fact, apparently, at one point, 
they had the highest rate of homosexual-related AIDS any other group out there. Is it really about the fact that he's gay? Or did he just get a little too flamboyant about it? Of course, another one about the Philippines that I'm not going to bother reading. Pope Francis gaffes in 60 seconds. Pope Francis had been widely praised as no-nonsense approach. But his off-the-cuff remarks have sparked criticism in recent months. BBC News explains. Mind you, this is like the first top, you know, top ten articles. And, uh, you know, I think I'll leave it at that. Certainly should be, once again, a question that you should ask. Why is this particular organization? Dominating headlines. Now, from um, Dave Nikeo, we're going to be doing quite a bit of his uh, work today uh, as far as his um, articles and all that. And he has an article here. Um, I don't know if there's a name to it or not, but February 16th, edited. And um, uh, End Times Bible Prophecy. <clears throat> you know, I don't know if these guys support me or not. I support them. It's all right. If I find what I've recognized as the truth, I'm willing to share it. These testimonies will confirm that the Roman Catholic Church is the Antichrist beast of revelations, the little horn of Daniel, the office of the papacy, son of perdition. These followers of Christ faced the beast head-on as it was in power during their lives. They testified against it. They were persecuted and killed by it. These testimonies of our church forefathers showed that the Church of Christ viewed prophecy fulfillment according to the historic view for 1,700 years, and that it's only been during the last few centuries that the futuristic view has infiltrated the Church. They regarded the prophecy of Daniel, Paul, and John as faithful setting forth the entire course of the Christian history from the first century until Jesus' return. Quotes from Roman Catholic Church popes are included here to help you see what they were proclaiming at the time that the witnesses of Christ were testifying against them. The term Antichrist is not pointing to just one man, but an office of men, such as the King of England or the President of the United States. The office of the papacy is the son of perdition, that man of sin, the Antichrist, whose teachings oppose that of Christ. Jesus Christ warned that many will come in my name. The popes of Rome proclaimed that they are the vicar of Christ, which means in place of Christ, The word Antichrist does not mean against Christ. It means in place of Christ. It means, once again, in place of Christ. Pope Boniface VIII said, 
we declare, assert, and define, and pronounce to be subject to the Roman pontiff is to every creature altogether necessary for salvation. I have the authority of the king of kings. I am all in all and above all, so that God himself and I, the vicar of Christ, have but one consistory. I am able to do almost all that God can do. This is a man entitled the Pope saying this. I am able to do almost all that God can do. Whatever can you make of me but God? Or so whatever, therefore, can you make of me but God? Pope Pius IX said, I alone am the successor of the apostles, the vicar of Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. (laughs) This is a pope saying this. This is a man. This is a man and his predecessor, Pope Francis, Jesuit, who's coming in September to address the joint session of Congress. Do you think you might have a problem here, folks? Do you think it's important to start sharing this with people? You know what? This is not a knock on the average Roman Catholic, although they might have great faith in this man. It's deception at its finest. And most of them, if they really knew what these men were saying and speaking, I believe in at least an awful lot of them will come, will come out. Pope Pius X declared, the Pope is not simply the representative of Jesus Christ. On the contrary, he is Jesus Christ himself. Did you hear that? (laughs) The Pope is Jesus Christ himself. What blasphemy. Under the veil of flesh, does the Pope speak? Question mark. It is Jesus Christ who is speaking. Hence, When anyone speaks of the Pope, it is not necessary to examine, but to obey. Pope Pius XII said, Recognize the Holy Catholic Roman Church to be the only true Church of Jesus Christ, outside of which neither sanctity nor salvation can be found. Call them to unity of the one fold, gathering them the grace of to believe every truth of our holy faith and to submit themselves to the supreme Roman pontiff, the vicar of Jesus Christ on earth. By the way, once again, he's coming in September. Uh, Do you think there's a problem here, folks? Do you believe this? Do you believe that a pope is equal to God? A man. Do you believe that? Does that sound like the Caesars? A pagan Rome. By the way, none of, none of this has changed. None of it. None of this has been redacted. None of this is, you know, that the, the Roman Church and its hierarchy said, you know what, oh, we were wrong. We repent. We've changed our opinion. This is still, from what I understand, canon law which means it's set in stone. 
for them. The power of the Roman Catholic Church reached the pinnacles in the 12th through 15th century as they attained independent sovereignty, absolute supremacy over the Christian Church, and full control of the princes of Europe. Pope Innocent III, 1198 to 1216, said, We may, according to the fullness of our power, dispose of the law and dispense above the law those whom the Pope of Rome doth separate. It is not a man that separates them, but God. For the Pope holdeth place on earth, not simply a, a, of a man, but of the true God. Source, the Decretals of Gregory IX, Book 1, Chapter 3. He was the most powerful of all popes. He claimed to be vicar of Christ, vicar of God, supreme sovereign over the church and the world. He claimed the right to dispose kings, princes, and that all things on earth and in heaven and in hell are subject to the vicar of Christ. He, he brought the church into supreme control of the state, which has always been their desire, folks. There's never been a change in any of this. So once again, we have a Jesuit pope coming to talk to a Jesuitly led federal government, and nobody's saying anything. People that call themselves true believers of Christ aren't saying anything. They're still talking about stuff like UFOs. Now, am I telling you there's not a UFOs? No, I don't know. A lot of people I know say they've seen one. I haven't. This is not the important issue. These are all distractions to keep you from the true important issue. The Antichrist, the biblical historical Antichrist, is showing up at our front door. And apparently, to demonstrate that actually it is his front door now. That is way more important than all the UFOs out there, folks. Can you see that? This is reality. This is not videos on YouTube. This is not pictures this is reality. Do you care about reality? I don't know. To be honest with you, a year ago, I didn't. I was still playing around with stuff like whether the Nephilim were real or not, or UFOs or demons or not, or that there's going to be some futuristic antichrist, some guy that will be some kind of genetically transformed, weird, singularity thing, some cyborg, whatever it's going to be. People, that's all fantasy. It really is futuristic fantasy. It's meant to sell books and movies to line these men's pockets who are sharing this and refuse to share the truth that the Antichrist is coming. 
that he's always been here. I, I just don't know what to say. I, I do know what to say, but I just I don't un, I do understand as well because they've been taught by Jesuits and that they they're deceived. They just don't want to look into reality. And um, that's why I say they're going to be the number one enemy for people like me, the few that are out there. Because ultimately, in the end, the, pain, the finger will be pointed at them for not telling us the truth by preaching fables and fairy tales and not telling God's children the truth. And they are the watchmen. They're the ones who were called. At least they're playing at that role. They're playing the role of being one. But they're so deceived. And it's the blind leading the blind again. You know, am I saying that a lot of these things aren't real and aren't happening? Where it's the Luciferian agenda, uh, Freemasonry, um, um, you know, all the different things, you know, things that we've talked about on this show. I'm not saying that it's not there. What I am saying, it's presented to us as a smokescreen because none of that matters. And what's going to come down for what I see is the papacy, Rome is going to say, look, we told you we were the truth. You chose this other path, this satanic, dark, Luciferian path. You should have obeyed us. You should have followed us. And you're going to have, once again, the same old thing that happens. The choice between two very bad choices. A choice between two evils. Which is the least evil? Evil still is evil. I see it as clear as day what's happening. This is all just a tool to get people to You know, fall in line, be part of this ecumenical movement, just come back to the Mother Church. You know, everything will be okay. It will never be okay. And I reassure you, the moment that all of us fall back into the arms of the papacy, all hell is going to break loose. I'll tell you another thing. If they do try to create that third temple in Jerusalem, can you imagine how offending that's going to be to our Heavenly Father? what he did for us, that he sacrificed his only begotten son and fulfilled it and said it was finished. No more animal sacrifices. No more need for temples of stone that you and I are his temple. Do you imagine how offending that's going to be? For all those out there that are looking forward to it, you're out of your freaking minds. You really are. And I don't mean that in, in a disrespectful way, but there's no other way of saying it without sounding offending. For those who are wanting this to happen, you're out of your mind. And you know what? In God's word, it doesn't say it's going to happen. I put my faith in God. Does that mean 
the Antichrist, the biblical historical Antichrist, isn't going to try to make it happen. Who knows? And they're wicked enough to try. But I tell you, if they do, and if they have any sense, uh, it, it will be the damnation, the room of Rome. I wouldn't want to have any part of it. Especially if you truly are a Bible-believing Christian. Anyways. Here we go. Back to this uh, article from J- Dave Nikeo. We will get to the uh, Islam part of all this too. So. Pope uh, also stated to, for, excuse me, Popes also started to forbid people from possessing the Word of God, and they condemned Bible-believing followers of Christ who taught salvation through Christ alone as heretics. And by the way, we still are consider that not only by Rome, the mother church, but all its daughter churches, they all think we're heretics at this point. They say otherwise. But when you challenge them on this dispensational futurism, Good grief. We got to we got to show about that too and talk a little bit more what happened in the 1900s and with Darby and Schofield and their connections with the Roman Catholic Church and how these men are just embracing these false teachers. You know, most of these are seminary students and they don't even understand what that means that they've been inseminated with false teachings. They don't know. I know this because I've talked to several pastors who, after many, many decades being pastors, came out realizing that they were deceiving the flock. We're not teaching the truth, and we're not seeing the fruits that they were looking for. And can you imagine how devastating that is? I can, because I was a Mormon. I even went on a Mormon mission. I was Mr. AA, Mr. New, New, New Age, put a lot of energy and time in those things. Man, that's one of the reasons why God is really pushing me to keep this little show going with the hopes that somebody out there will hear the truth and hearken to it, embrace it, accept it, let it liberate themselves in the name of Jesus Christ. Realize that what a talking about is not man-made religion. That burdensome thing that we have seen all our lives full of fables and fairy tales and futuristic dreams but the actual truth. Hey, that won't make your life easier. You won't be much liked out there. But you know what? God makes it right. He does. It might not seem that way. I can tell you, my life has not been easier. A lot of attacks and challenges on all fronts. I imagine I've been guilty of the same as I grow and develop in the Lord and become more, hopefully, in his liking. Um, but, you know, realizing how limited my ability is to do that. <laughs> but the desire is there. 
Anyways, where were we at? Okay, okay. The Pope Innocent the Third decreed, we prohibit laymen from possessing copies of the Old and New Testament. We forbid them. This is Pope Innocent, right? The Third decree. We prohibit laymen from possessing copies of the Old and New Testament. We forbid them most severely to have the above books in popular vernacular, meaning in their country's native tongue, as the papal church only allowed their priests to read it in Latin. Isn't that so generous and sweet of them? Why would they want to do that? Could that be about control? Why would they want to control people? Why would you want to do that if you're a real man of God? Question, that's all. Might be rhetoric, but to give us to think about these things. Uh, Pope Innocent III said, anyone who attempts to construe a personal view of God which conflicts with Catholic church dogma must be burned burn without pity. Yeah, I, I, I know how it feels. I really do. I'm not a Roman Catholic, and so far I haven't been burnt um, without pity as far as you know, the, the true flames, physical flames, but and I tell you what, all my life, doesn't matter who it was, what group, how big or small, I've always been kicked out for asking questions. And I praise the Lord for that. That he allowed that to happen. Um, and then it talks about here, if you want to learn more about the Pope, the Popes of Rome as Antichrist, Beast, the Revelations, Little Horn of Daniel, the Son of Perdition. Then you go to ChristianityBelief.org, which of course we're going to go to just shortly here. So. Yeah, once again, those who listened to my show last night and might listen to this and are scratching your head, why am I on? I just didn't, you know, I just really wanted to take a break. But uh, at the fire that's in me, the desire to keep talking about this stuff, regardless of the consequences, is there. And I just got to keep doing it. I, I don't really know what else to do at this point except just follow the prompting and regardless of how it turns out, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know. Hey, Liquid Smooth is here. Okay, bro, how you doing? Um, yeah, I don't know if you heard my last show, bro. I've been really sick. I had, uh, uh, really bad stomach flu. Of course, in the week before, last week, or two weeks ago, I was in the hospital because of the MS, you know, having those IVIG infusions. And then I end up getting this really bad flu thing, you know. I mean, I, I threw up, like, for a whole day. I don't. I, I threw up more than I ever did in my life Tuesday. And then, um, then I had a lot. Of, I don't know if you, listen, if you could listen to, if you get a chance to listen to, yesterday's little short show and you know it's been a real big shake up as far as the show goes and people are going to be on it and all that it's probably the hand of God working that's how I see it but unfortunately it's the way it turned out it's probably it's always 
It's always an ugly thing. I can tell you one thing, bro. Yeah, people like us who come to the truth, God puts makes things happen in a way that keep pushing us to get out there and share the the truth to the best of our ability. And I really believe He wants us to, you know, to be, get together, fellowship, and then go back out and do our thing. You know, as many voices as yeah, God can use. You know, because um, it's not a popularity contest. Is it? But anyways, so I've been really sick, puking my guts out. And then with my son and then his mom was real sick. Something's going around, man. Bad, it's a real bad one. What's <laughs> going around? I don't know if it's like that in your neck of the woods. So there's a bet. We had somebody just died in town from brain aneurysm because of the puking. So that's how bad it is. I puke. I don't know how many times, but it was it was the most I ever did. So, anyways. I'm glad to see you're listening to me, my friend. And listen to the the uh, yesterday's show if you get a chance to understand a little bit more what happened. And I hope sometime in the future we could talk. I'd like you to be on the show again. But uh, I'm sure I'm grateful that like Tom Press, York, and all those guys were part of my were part of my life. Will be still, some way will be. But you know, we all have, I guess, our particular calling, if you will. And uh, I guess I'm supposed to share what I needed to share. So anyways, back to this whole thing about uh, Catholicism slash Islam. <clears throat> and I, I don't remember. I think I did read it. I should go back to it. Let's see. Yeah, I did read that. I did read about the fifth Trump. I think I'll go over it just a little bit for continuity, and then we'll go into the next thing. Um, the first, second, and third, and fourth Trumps represented our Lord continuing to pour out his wrath on the Roman Empire by sending the armies of the Goths, Vandals, Huns, and Hurleys. Um, ah, yeah, that's H E. R-U-L-I, <clears throat> to attack them. And fifth Trump represents our Lord raising up the Saracen or slash or brackets Muslim army to attack the Roman Empire for 150 years from 612 to 672 AD. So just for those who will listen in the future and all that. Think about that. That's 150 years. And uh, Rome has had a lot of wars and have lasted a long time. Our irony of ironies, I believe their longest war that they still are in deals with the Eastern Orthodox Church, the Great Schism. It's over a 1,000 years. And people don't realize it. They think, you know, this whole ecumenical thing, all them getting together, there's just going to be unity. No, <laughs> this has nothing to do with it. This is Rome taking it over. And if you don't follow her, you're out. And that usually means, you know, most people out there say, oh, you know, they got the guillotines and all that, and they're going to cough my head. You really do need to um, study what happened in these inquisitions, if you believe that. Because the most evil, vile things that man has ever thought of 
That's what Rome does. And if you think that there's going to be these people that are just going to be getting their heads guillotined, that would be way too simple for them. You must remember what they do to people, what they do to pregnant women, what they do to babies, what they do to men. And the guillotine uh, usually is reserved for the nobility, at least in the past it was. I'm not saying that others didn't get the guillotine. I'm just saying they had degrees of torture and kill and who they felt deserved what. Uh, a guy like me, uh, eyes being poked out, gouged out, uh, filleted alive, uh, fed the dogs, that kind of thing. Eh, that's what could be probably be the future for doing all this. But I have to tell you, uh, so what? <laughs> you know, what I mean? a lifetime um, of being under their totalitarian, authoritarian rule, where you're not, you're not, there's no freedom of conscience, no freedom of speech, no freedom hardly of anything. I mean, we're already getting there as it is. Everything that we see literally is Rome's game plan. And, and, and bringing us back in quoted that the dark ages, remember that the dark ages means that you will not have access to the word of God and you will not have access to freedom of conscience. And yes, you will be even more a slave than you are now. That's the intentions. And, um, you know, I'd rather... I'd rather live uh, six months flayed of my eyes caused out being licked by dogs than 60 years in that. I really would. That's how I see it. You might see it differently. You have every right to see it differently. You might think I'm nuts for saying that. You have that right. Anyways, when you see that it was the Lord who sent the Muslims against the Roman Empire, you will gain a new perspective about the Muslims that instead of just being a bloodthirsty people who killed others, they were in fact sent by God to execute vengeance against the pagan Roman Empire, which had killed uh, 10 uh, million Christians. And I personally argue that there were more 10 million, although <clears throat> I guess really in the end of the day it's a heck of a lot of people right and as far as the if you want to talk about the inquisition of course the best one to start out is fox's book is a book of martyrs if you could stomach that book i've made several attempts to read it i don't know how anybody enjoys reading that book it just makes me sick to my stomach that even men think that way i just can't comprehend it so but i do understand it's a necessary read for people to wake up in revelation 9 1 2 the fifth angel sounded and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the keys of the bottomless pit. I opened the bottomless pit, and there arose smoke out of the pit, and the po- excuse me, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Just as Lucifer fell from heaven, a falling star, as a great person or leader who exude, executes evil plans from the bottomless pit. Of Satan, and I know we went we went over this, but for continuity, because I want to read it again. 
and it's pretty important stuff anyways. Uh, the fifth trump represents the rise of the Islamic Empire, which God used to execute judgment against one-third, and this is true, <laughs> at least one-third of the Roman Empire. And if we look at a map at that time period and how large the Roman Empire was, that's a lot of territory. And uh, it's amazing how many people have died in wars um, that rival World War II as far as numbers of deaths and the pillage and everything else that happened. Um, but we'll talk about it some other day. Uh, Muhammad was a great leader, bracket star. Remember, stars, when you see that in Revelations, one of the things you want to think about is a leader. Not just literal and a little star, like a lot of folks wanted to say, but actually a leader who was used by God to darken the Roman Empire, which gives you another a little other thing to think about when we think about famous people in music or in theater or in entertainment, whatever it may be, they call them stars. Now we can give it a little idea why they actually call them stars. It's actually a reference they've got from biblical interpretation of the Bible. But of course, people don't read the Bible and study it, like I did most of my life, so why would you connect the two? No reason, right? Anyways, as his birth, Muhammad's grandfather possessed authority of the house of uh, Kurish, the governors of Mecca. Okay, we, and we read this before, but then his father died and his grandfather died, causing the government of Mecca to pass unto someone else. Muhammad opened the bottomless pit of Satan's lies, and when he stayed in the cave of Hura for three years and received a vision from an angel uh, in white, no doubt Satan, as Second Corinthians 11:14 says, and of course, and no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Pagan uh, superstition holds that caves served as seats of, of oracles and sources of inspiration. The Quran says that Muhammad gave, was given the power of heaven and fire below. I have been given the keys of all the treasures of earth. They sure do like their keys, don't they? It doesn't matter if it's Rome or <clears throat> its daughter church, Islam. They really like their keys. And the smoke that rose up from, uh, is this false doctrine of the Quran. You mean it's not literal smoke? What? what are you talking about? You mean it's symbolic again? Like false doctrine? Shoot. <laughs> Which says, I'm sorry to be cynical, but I went through all this before. and um, It's a real struggle. You know, it's, a, it's amazing because we haven't been, at least for me, I can see for myself and, and most people have ever been around because we haven't been quote-unquote indoctrinated, which is the truth, into a biblical symbology, um, man, we're suckers for anything, aren't we? And so, but um, 
what I like about this approach to historicism is that because you're using history along with the symbology, you can start putting the pieces together. That makes much more sense. And, you know, if you could accept the fact that there is no way if God is in charge that there's a 2,000-year gap where he does, you know, just doesn't give a, a diddly about you know, 2,000 years of people and his two people, that you could realize that he actually does care about all these people from, you know, John to the second coming, that it would make sense. And that, you know, as we talk about the big picture, the true big picture, not some fable, but what really did happen, the big events, and the rise of Islam was a big event. <laughs> and that's an understatement. Um, and all you do is just look at a globe and see all the Islamic nations and all that. So, anyways. Sorry for those who are preaching. I'm preaching to the choir who already realized this. The Quran denied uh, the deity of Christ. It says that he was just another prophet. They deny that he died on the cross and shed his blood for redemption. They say that he fainted and went unconscious on the cross and was brought around at a later date. <clears throat> they deny the um, inerrancy, excuse me, of the, of the scripture. The Quran promises a paradise that will satisfy every sensual pleasure. New religion, the new religion of Islam darkened the religion of the sun in the western part of the remaining Roman Empire. And it's, you know, this is, this is just something I'm going to throw out. I do this, I know, probably drive people crazy, but now when you look at Freemason symbology and you look at the different uh, pillars that they have, and I know they got, said Boat and someone else, names don't really matter. But look at the symbols. One is the moon, one is the sun. What am I suggesting? I'm suggesting that Freemasonry, one of its big roles, not only was to infiltrate Protestants, but it's the blending and bringing together of the two great religions, Islam and Catholicism. Now they want to call it Chrislam, but we know that neither one of those Christian religions. Fascinating. And you look at the, you know, the uh, Freemason symbology. Um, with that perspective, it changes everything, doesn't it? Because you know what it's happened. Just nothing with all these fables and these fairy tales. You know, you spend all this time, and I have, and you learn all these things. You know, you you read Manly P. Hall stuff or or um, uh, Albert Pike, and you read all these you know, these things from the, the Freemasons, and you realize it, once you start reading the Bible, start understanding the big, big picture and that Rome is the final empire. There's not going to be some other thing that the future is trying to you know, make us think. There is, yeah, there's only going to be one. That's it. We're in it till the end. I know it's not very satisfactory, but that's the way it goes. And um, you realize, you know, a lot of this stuff, this mythology, the uh, terminology, all these things that these men spend all their time learning about, and these 
pledges and these books and, you know, learning about the quote-unquote ancient history, it's a total waste of time. It's total, it, that's when you start to understand what it means by being mind control. And that it's basically these men master uh, stories, man-made stories. And uh, my heart goes out to them. But it is actually quite tragic what happens to those who get into these quote-unquote secret societies that are all controlled at the top by the Jesuits. Yes, I know I'm redundant, and <laughs> it's the case. I don't know how many times I have to say it. I do, I do feel I have to say it all the time. To weaken the, mysti- the mystique of things like Freemasonry or the Rosicrucians. I'm not saying that they're not real entities. I'm not saying they're not real organizations. I'm just saying they're being used like smoke screens, like distractions, masterfully by Rome and the Jesuits in particular because they've taken over Rome and everything else. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, they are the, the grand chess players in all of this. Not us. And uh, God's allowed it to happen. <clears throat> choose them or you choose him. That's your desk comes down to. And when it comes to the Jesuits in Rome, where they're like Baskin Robbins, there are many, but they have a heck of a lot more flavors. So that's the way it goes. Where am I at in all this? Okay, the uh, the grand, uh, yeah, the grand problems. Okay, uh, Revelations nine three and four, and it came out of the smoke. Uh, locusts. And this is a good one. I, I really do think we, I'm glad we're doing this over again. I, I'll keep on doing it because I've heard so many things about the locusts and people saying that the literal locusts or they're freaking you helicopters or whatever. And I know this is very unsatisfactory to the, to the ego. You mean you're not talking about us? What? Sorry. As great as we think our time is, I'm starting to wonder really how great this time really is. I mean, outside of uh, satellites and electronic gadgetry and nuclear fusion and a few other things, you know, um, it's not really representing greatness, really, does it? It's just the technology that we have at this point. None of that makes men great. Anyways, we go. So this is Revelations. Nine, three, and four says, and it came out of the smoke, locusts upon the earth. Unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. The Ishmaelites were defined in the Bible as locusts. And uh, you definitely can go into more research on that. And it's very hard to find, by the way. 
extremely hard to find the truth. Man, the layers you have to go through to get to this point. I'm really, I hope people recognize this simple treasure I'm sharing with you. In Genesis 21:17, God promised Hagar that he would make the descendants of Ishmael into a great nation. Strong's word for nation in that verse is uh, Gawi, that's G-O-W-Y, which figuratively means a troop of animals or a flight of locusts. <clears throat> it's even better, folks. I know for those who listened to the last show, I say it is redundant, but I think it's worth being redundant in this one. Judge, uh, Judges 7.12 defines that locusts represent the Arabians. What? Can't be. That's bigotry. Or is it? Now the Amidianites and the Amalekites, all the people of the East, were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts. Their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore in multitude. The Hebrew word for locust is arba, A-B, excuse me, A-R-B-E-H. And the Hebrew word for Arab is arbi, A-R-B-E, which pronounced the same. The Arabs have an Islamic tradition which says locusts fell unto Muhammad's hand and on the wings of the locusts it was written, we are the army of the great God. Muslims writers say when the locust swarms darken vast countries, they bear their wings, um, they bear on their wings these Arabic words. We are God's hosts. Each of us is 99 eggs. And if we had a hundred, we should lay waste the world with all that is in it. When real locusts invade a land, all the vegetation is devoured. So, obviously, these locusts aren't literal, but symbolic. Unlike the Goth, who burned up everything they conquered, Abu Bakr, the first caliph, excuse me, the first caliph after Muhammad, and by the way, I'm saying his name wrong, but it's A-B-U-B-E-K-E-R, declared that they should not harm the trees or the fields, and that they should take them over and make them prosperous. They did. A little resource on that. They certainly did. They attacked only the idolaters and saint worshippers of the pagan Roman Empire who were not sealed with the Holy Spirit. In Revelations 5.9, and to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be uh, tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion, which he uh, striketh a man. Literal locusts come out for five months, from April to September. Muslims attacked for five months which, using the year 
for a day principal, 150 years. Five months plus 30 days equals 150 years. In 632 AD, Muhammad died and the Arabs moved out of Arabia to conquer other lands. This was the time of supremacy of Islamic power. And for 150 years, they conquered Arabia, uh, Palestine, Syria, Egypt, Spain, North Africa. During the 10 years between 634 to 644, they captured 36 cities, devoured 4,000 churches, and built 1,400 mosques. But their attempt to overtake the Eastern Roman Empire of Constantinople failed. They tried to conquer them, but only just tormented them. Interesting, huh? So once again, as we go on, is when we hear about the locusts, they're talking about the Arabs. We're not talking about something in the future where there's going to be these bug-type demon things that come out of the pit from hell and torment us. Folks, it's already been done. So you can wait all you want. If you want to have your little five-month torment session in the future, you go for it. But it's already been done. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, anyways, so, we, uh, so um, in 762, Caliph Al-Mansur built Baghdad as the future seat of his empire and called the city, called it the city of peace. They no longer made such rapid conquests, but only engaged in ordinary wars like other nations. Okay. In 782, they signed a treaty of Constantinople. Uh, okay. They signed the Treaty of Constantinople, uh, which brought peace. So the five months, which is 150 prophetic years, as fulfilled from 632 to 782 AD, Revelation 6, 9. In those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. These uh, Saracen Arabs were not allowed to just annihilate people. They gave them a choice, convert to become a Muslim, or be killed if they denied or decided to challenge them. And they could agree to be second-class citizens, second-class citizens, they had to pay tax to the Muslims. If a Muslim came to their door, they had to bring them in and feed them. Some of these people were not really Christians, so they did not have the Spirit of God that caused them to accept martyrdom for their faith. They chose to become second-class citizens who were subservient to the Muslims. They sought death but could not find it because they had not the guts and nerves to fight either. <laughs> Makes some sense to me. Revelations 9, 7 through 8. The shapes of the locusts 
were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were as it were crowns like gold. Their faces were as the faces of men, and they had hair as hair of women, and their teeth were as teeth of lions. Horses prepared unto battle simply represents that they used horses in battle. Crowns of gold represents the gold and yellow saffron-colored turbans that they wore. And they did. It's interesting if you do a little study on their... Which, you know, most most of who's going to even want to waste their time to even study the stuff like, you know, what did the Arabian soldiers dressed like back then. You know, who does? <clears throat> I guess only geeks like me. So. Um, their faces were as the faces of men. That means that they had uh, beards, which is a sign of their masculinity. And uh, if you do a study, you know, the, this, it was a big deal. They have a, a big full beard. The more full beard you had, the more um, you were blessed of God type of thing, or more of a godly man you were. So those who have a thin beard or a weak beard, you know, they were, they were, not, they were kind of looked down upon. So It's just a sign of the times, I guess. Uh, okay, where were we at? Okay, um, yeah, Rome and other races shaved their faces, so it would have stood out uh, to John. Uh, they had hair, as as women, as hair of women. Muslims had long hair in those days. If they were preparing for battle, they would tie it up under their turbans, and they did. They had very long hair, and it was uh, another thing that you never hear much about, do you, or see in the movies, but that's how it was back then. So the Romans and all that always had the short dues in the hair. So it's had long hair back then. <clears throat> now, that, well, let me rephrase that because not always the case. Because actually, in the Roman Empire, there was many times that um, there were cultures, certain societies, other knights did wear long hair. Um, but unfortunately, they don't fit the whole gamut or parameter of, you know, what am I trying to say here? Um, identification marks. They didn't fit the whole picture, you know what I mean? Not only partly. They didn't fit the whole picture as far as describing uh, Revelation 9, who they were talking about. So, um, And that's another thing, too, with the, the Muslims, too. Uh, the warriors, he had, uh, like, these hats. And these turbans with these hats, it's like a, kind of like a cone type of thing that sticked up, and they had hair. They would have their hair, and they would have other people's hair. And the more hair locks that you'd have on it, a uh, picture of, like, ponytails, the more powerful you are. So, like, someone who is really powerful would have, you know, more than, say, three, maybe have five or six or whatever it was. There's a ranking there, too. So, And it's kind of like, it's almost like scalping wearing your scalp on your head, your enemy's scalp on your head. So, anyways, um, it was pretty wild. <laughs> it was. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, so they had hair like women. Their teeth were the teeth of lions, which means that 
they were savage and ferocious. And they were obviously great soldiers. They took over a third of the Roman Empire. Uh, that's no joke to do that. And I know that, uh, like the Mongols, and they had their intrusion or their invasion parts, but they never took over the, the amount of territory that the Arabs actually did. As far as, now we're talking about the Roman Empire. I'm not talking about Asia Minor and Asia. I'm talking about the Roman Empire. And it is a big difference in this whole story. So the teeth of the uh, the Arabs were the teeth of lions. Uh, Break their teeth in their mouths, O God, and break it out the fangs of the young lions, O Lord, Psalms 58.6. Um, and by the way, there really is, there's a, there's so few videos out there. I mean, literally good luck finding anything that's really good on YouTube on this stuff. And not only YouTube, but any of these organized religions, um, they just don't touch the stuff with a 10 foot pole. And they, I know why they don't. A, it's politically not correct. It hasn't been for a long time. And it, it conflicts with uh, Freemasonry. And you um, don't sell books, does it? And people don't care too much about that, what happened um, a thousand plus years ago. They just don't. <laughs> they want to know what's happening now. They want their fortune told. And um, anyways... So yeah, uh, um, they had breastplates and they had breastplates like iron and sounds of their wings was the sound of the chariots of many horses running to battle. They had breastplates of iron. Means the Arabs army wore chain mails as they went into battles. In fact, they were the few first military outfits horseback cavalry that were using this chain mail. Now they'll try to, you know, tell you that it was only, you know, uh, the knights of uh, Western Europe that were doing that. Well, uh, no. (laughs) Actually, it's interesting how they, Western Europe and then the Arabian nations, how they shared, obviously through battles and all that, they learned a lot from each other. And mimicked a lot of the things that they, they did. But the Arabians were, especially during that time, were much better cavalrymen and were using chain mail a much more uh, effective way. Hence, it gave them the ability to take over so much land so fast. So, um, the sound of the wings represents the rapid conquest of the Saracens as they moved over countries as swiftly as locusts. And there many horses ca- causing a great sound. And once again, now we look at the Solcus and how they uh, even fought their battles. They only fought them for that five-month period of time uh, per year. And then they stopped. They just stopped. And they went back rest, took care of business and all that, and they would not fight until that that next 
year during that period of time. And it's fascinating. And it's logical, too, because of uh, the terrain that they were living in, the conditions. Um, there's you know, the time of the year, a certain time of the year that's more just is more appropriate, if you will, to fight war. And there are other times in, in, in those locations, you're talking about Northern Africa and the Middle East, parts of Asia Minor, where uh, it just didn't make any sense to fight in war. You know, you're just fighting the climate conditions and everything else, so that's what they did. Okay, um, so they had they had tails like unto scorpions, and they were they were stings in their tails, and the, their power was to hurt men five months. Uh, they had stings in their tails indicates their ability to fight uh, rearwards, shooting arrows backwards. Uh, while riding on horseback. And they sure did. They were excellent marksmen on horseback. No one was better at that time. And we have to give them credit for credit's due. <laughs> I can tell you right now, if I saw a group of them on horseback coming my way back that time, I would be uh, saying my prayers real fast. Let's <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> Because it was a guarantee that I was going to be a, a bullseye. Anyways, uh, 9-11. Hey, Revelation 9-11, remember? How they tried to say that it had something to do with 9-11? Not. They had a king over them. Which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Their king was Muhammad. Abaddon or Polyon are words that essentially mean destroyer or one who exterminates, which aptly describes the Arabs. And you were telling me that has nothing to do with 9-11 and the trade, world trade towers. Man, you know what? It's amazing. The more and more you study and put the pieces together, everything, are, it seems like our whole lives, our whole existence, if you live in 2014, just about everything is a story, a fable, a lie. It's just, it, it boggles. It's almost like at this point, we're all just a bunch of liars just running around lying about what, you know, we don't mean to. I don't believe that most people mean, actually intensely mean to be deceivers and liars, but I think we're just bobbleheads and we just like, this is what it means. It's got to be about 9-11. I mean, that 9-11 has to go down as one of the most masterful psych op, psych ops. Um, what am I trying to say here? Sometimes I wish I had somebody to talk to. Operations. I mean, sure, it was a military operation, and how they turned all those buildings to dust, I don't have an answer to. I mean, it's a Judy Woods you know, what she's saying, or is it just, you know, nuclear? You know, what is it? I don't know. How do you turn a whole two buildings the size of that into dust? You tell me. <laughs> Demonstrate to me how you do it. You know what I mean? 
Another thing that seems close to that that I've seen is stuff like, well, pictures of Hiroshima and Nagasaki and that, and uh, after their explosion, and everything basically they turned to dust. But I've, my point in all that is, though, all the storylines that have come out of that 9-11 thing and that it had something to do, you know, like Revelation 9-11 had something to do with it. And you have all these guys and they're Hebrew experts and these Jewish or uh, Messianic Jews and all that telling, this is what it means. I mean, we have been played like a fiddle, and it's amazing. And the thing that's really amazing to me is, the degree of how many people that call themselves Christians are doing the deceiving. And I don't think that most of them, I, I don't know what men, other men's opinions or motives are. I just don't. Um, I do, I'm that person that really wants to think the best, that they really mean well, but they're just, you know, like I said, the only thing that makes anything different between you and I is our teachers and what they put in our heads. And I guess the other thing, too, though, that makes a man different from others is uh, what they, the things they've got put in their heads, they, they have the capacity to critically think and ask questions and challenge everything that's been told them. And so, you know, this is logically makes sense. You know, would it really just one chapter out the blue, out of context, be talking about, you know, uh, 9-11, you know, 2001, you know, 9-11. And the more and more you think it out, you're just like, that doesn't just, just doesn't jive, doesn't make much sense that you just jump from one place to the other. And this whole idea of using the Bible as some kind of like Ouija board or uh, a predictor of the future type, you know, it's not a fortune cookie. It's not, a, you know, it's not a book of magic. I hate to tell you this, people, but people insist it. They insist, insist that it is not a book of history. And I tell you, the more you study history in the Bible, you realize the Bible is a book of history. So then it's asked you a question when it comes to counter-reformation. Why did the Jesuits, why did all these leaderships in all these different religions in the seminaries, why did they push so hard to convince everybody that the Bible is not a book of history? And of course, you know, for me, it comes down to because they didn't want people to know the legitimacy of of the Bible, its prophetic legitimacy, um, and that they knew that if you could put the pieces together with history, one would saying you're going to ask some serious questions, serious questions, not them based on just faith, but how can it be? that this book gets to be so accurate over and over and over again in historical events that are magnified in significance. Now, people say that 9-11 changed the whole world. Well, you know, it's for, what, 12 years now? Hasn't really changed the whole world. Well, people say, well, you look at America is more of a police state. I'm going to tell you something. Those fascists that are on, you know, on the, the Capitol building there, right? Where, you know, where they're going to have that joint session to Congress where they have, you know, um, the, the, the 
who am I saying? When they, the president dresses in the nation. Um, those two fascists are there. They've been there a long freaking time. The fascists on the dome, I've been there a long time. Those fascists that uh, Abraham Lincoln, which I don't believe Abraham Lincoln is a bad man, it has nothing to do with him, that there's fascists under his arms, but that statue has fascists, and those fascists have been there a long time. I don't think it represents Abraham at all. Lincoln, I think it represents what this country has been always about. We are an extension of the Roman Empire. We are a territory. We are part of the Roman Empire. And as such, because we're part of the Roman Empire, we've always been a police state. <laughs> I know that's not going to make a lot of people happy. And they're going to say, well, why are they ramping it up and all that? Hey, listen, like, like this whole FEMA camp stuff, you study it and you realize this, it's been around forever. There's always been camps. And there's always been atrocities in this country. And there's always been abuses. And there's always been surveillance. And there's always been um, a restriction of freedoms. Especially since the Civil War. And it really ramped up after World War II. And 9-11 was just an excuse to admit this to ramp it up some more. And let's face it, it was... What it was, what the guys say it was, you know, they wanted this century to be the century of America. And how are they going to motivate a bunch of people in this country to start fighting unjustified, whacked out wars, which are basic crusades for the Roman Empire, the, the, the Caesar, Pontius Maximus, the Pope. Was coming in September, yeah, you know. And of course, he wasn't part of Maximus then. Um, but you know, listen, that's what. Right now, that's the role that this government has. Fifty years from now, it could be Brazil that's doing it, or it could be France. I mean, let's look at history: it's the United States, and then of course, the boogeyman Russia. And then it was Germany, part of the Roman Empire. You look at the Jesuits now, they infiltrated Russia. And then it was uh, Spain. And then it was France. And there's England. And it just goes on and on, this whole circle, you know, whose turn it is. Rome has always used political, separate political entities, governments, private armies to do their bidding. They're we are their mercenaries. When I say we, I'm not talking about you and I, the average person. You and I don't have a choice in any of this. You know what I mean? Uh, sometimes I wonder why I do this, except for the fact that I do have faith in Jesus Christ before I feel necessary to do it. But, I mean, the average man, the best thing to do, if they don't know this stuff and are not willing to stand up for the truth, is to duck and cover. Duck and cover. Because... <laughs> You, you are fodder. That's about it, my friend. Stay, stay out of the limelight. Just take care of your family. Don't get in trouble. Don't fight the system. And, you know, we are just an extension of the Roman Empire. If tomorrow if they want to turn this country into, uh, or this, 
in the northern hemisphere, western hemisphere, into um, a country, whatever they want to call it. It doesn't mean, you know, it could be whatever it is. As they call this, as people say it's going to be the North American Union. Well, heck, we don't know what it's going to be. It could be, you know, little, I don't know, what are you going to say? Little Crete. They're going to call it Crete or something. I don't know. You know what? You and I don't have a choice in the matter. They're going to do whatever they dang well please, as they always have done. Now you say, well, wait a minute. I've been really politically active and all that. And I really, and by the way, I do know about being politically active because I was big time involved in East Timor. Um, and because East Timor was supposed to be the very first democracy of the century. My ex-wife was from East Timor. I spent a lot of time lobbying Congress back in the 90s and early 2000s. So I know a lot about how this works. Am I a expert insider and all? Of course not. I'm just, but I know enough to realize how things work, at least in the macro level of things. And um, it's the brutal truth. I mean, I, I, I never, it was the most disappointing, heartbreaking experience I ever had. Going to these, you know, lobbying all these congressmen and women, you know, trying to help out these East Timorese that were being slaughtered and butchered since the 1970s. There originally was a Portuguese colony. Then the Portuguese, they uh, abandoned East Timor and and then uh, was invaded by the Indonesian army, which is not ironic at all, but I'll tell you what happened. The day before they invaded, Kissinger was there and a bunch of the uh, uh, American advisors and other advisors. And we got to remember all these men are Knights of Malta and First Allegiances to Rome were there giving, I say, the Indonesian government the go-ahead to invade um, East Timor, which ironically was mostly Catholic, you look at it, so you got the Muslims and the Catholics fighting, actually in unison, deliberately. And if you'll find out, for many reasons, one is that they supposedly have one of the largest oil fields in the world there, in East Timor Gulf. Um, but anyways, a, a whole lot of people, like a third of the population was, was just massacred in the 1970s, and nothing was done about it. Everyone, you know, everyone says, oh, America didn't do anything about it. Well, you know what? Nobody did anything about it. Well, America's the most powerful nation in the world. You know what? America doesn't do anything on its own. You hear this stuff about unilateral action. Do you really think they run the show? When the Pope is coming to visit, the Jesuit Pope is coming to have his joint session of Congress and the UN. The truth of the matter is, America's never done anything on its own. It's a satellite state of Rome. And right now, it's the whipping boy. And if it fails and falls down, guess what? Someone will take its place. If we base it on history, 
we say that America's not as important as I, they told us it was? No. What about World War II and all the great men and all that? Yeah, you're right. There's a wonderful men, millions of men who died in a war. A wicked war instigated by Jesuits in Rome. And there's a lot of reasons and there's a lot of things to think about why all that happened for another show. But, you know, this whole thing about America being the, the last or the, the only superpower, it's only being called the only superpower for a reason. And that's to keep your eyes on this country while the puppet masters pull their strings. And that's why 99% of the people who talk about any of this stuff when it comes to politics, whether it's geopolitics, whatever, never ever bring up the Jesuits because they never see the puppet master. The wizard behind the curtain, they just will not accept. And uh, that's why, you know, when people say that America is an image of the beast, I, I, I don't mean any disrespect to Seventh-day Adventists. I don't respect anybody, but I just recognize what it is. It's propaganda by the Seventh-day Adventists or controlled by the Jesuits that controlled the, the Freemasonry in this country that created the Seventh-day Adventists to create this whole idea that this country is the image of the beast. So that you and I and the average person never connects the dots to who actually is pulling the strings, which is clearly is the Jesuits who run the Vatican, who run this country, who run the military, who run the financial systems like the Federal Reserve and the World Bank. And when I say they run, start out with the fact that they're Rome, Vatican, the Jesuits are major shareholders in all these groups. So they run entertainment. They run our education system, which nobody can deny at this point, unless you're very dis, uh, dishonest. They run the Western Hemisphere. They run Western Europe. They run a big portion of this, this globe. Uh, the United States government doesn't do that. As much as people want to say that the United States government is this imperialistic enterprise, this empire, uh, I mean, you compare them to, say, like Britain, that gave the German empire. The Dutch are, are the, America's pathetic. And I don't mean to be that in a disrespectful way, but, you know, if you look at, for instance, Britain, their empire, it, they had one-fourth of the whole globe. The United States government doesn't have that. Well, they're going to work in that way. No, they're not. They're just doing, they're serving Rome. We fight their freaking acquisitions. We fight their battles right now. That's the only thing that keeps this country even afloat at this point, is fighting their wars. And the moment we fail at it, the moment 
we drop the guard, somebody's going to take their place. And that play, they, their place are the servants of Rome. What are we talking about uh, Islam? I'm Islam, my apologies. I kind of like this freedom to just kind of just be in myself, even if no one's listening or if only one person's listening. I just, um, I don't have this constraint to having other people say a nay or whatever. So, um, but uh, you know, eventually I do want to get back to having people share the show with me and talk because I know I can only handle so much of myself. I can't imagine how anybody else. Anyway, so, um, Where were you? Okay, so we were talking about Abaddon. We were talking about Apollo. He said their king was Muhammad. Abaddon, Apollyon, uh, are words essentially mean destroyer or exterminator, which aptly describes the Arabs. Revelation 9:12. One woe is past, and behold, there two woes or hereafter. This is the start of the second woe. Do you now see that the fifth trump of Revelation 9 has been fulfilled? It's not an end-time period where demons torment people nonstop for five months. Do you now see the rise of Islam and Muslim army was prophesied in the fifth trump of Revelation? There were used... uh, um, they were used by God to execute justice. To see how Revelation seal trumps and bold judgments all fit together, and to see where we're at at the timeline today, click Revelation Fulfillment Timeline. And we'll probably do that in another show because I've been really going at it. For a guy who's sick, God's really been pushing me. So, But uh, we'll go more on that. So anyways, and, let's see. That now to go back. Um, if you go on uh, videos, 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 for those who want to have a little more meat and substance to this, it's just a little bit, not much. But if you look at as uh, Bible, so it's Bible or Traditions YouTube channel, and you look up Fifth Trump. There's three parts the rise of Islam and Muhammad, and you will go along with what I'm saying and share that, you know, how that, you know, um, reinforce what I've been saying. Now, I know it's not a very satisfactory answer. I know that most people are like, what? I want something better than this. I really want something that's in the future, and there's going to be these drones, and they're going to be these looking like. Uh, you know, cockroaches or locusts, and they're going to torment us for, you know, um, you know, for um, five months and all that. And folks, don't be surprised if something like that does occur, but it's not biblical. And a lot of things that's going on in this world, this you know, dispensation of futurism, this whole thing about how they're supposed to be. All these things are supposed to happen in the future have already happened. And it's a mind game they're playing on us. And what's really it's, it's sad is how many of these people, I, I, I don't know. Um, 
Let me. I do have to. At some point, I do have to raise. I've been warned over and over again not to bring up these guys' names. You know, if I bring up these big, these kind of well-known internet name guys, you know, it's one thing to, to knock like MacArthur or uh, or uh, all these, you know, uh, mainstream kind of big guys. But you knock these guys. What am I trying to think of? Well, obviously, I'm not supposed to be thinking about or saying right now. But anyways, there's like this. Well, there's one of the ones named Hemp or Kemp or whatever his name. Oh, this. I go or I will do a show about these guys. They're gatekeepers, and they don't tell the, the whole truth. They they twist all the scripture around and make it so that it's like really subjective. And you can have your idea, and I can have my idea, and we can all have our own idea. And um. I, by the way, we can have our own. Uh, as long as we stay maintained and the roots, the actual truths, if we could accept that Daniel's 70th week was fulfilled, who the biblical historical antichrist is, we can differ in other things. In fact, by differing in other things, we can come to a more clearer consensus of what's really going on. Um, when we say, you know... Um, we got to allow each other to have differences, and people we have a problem with that, don't we? Where do? But anyways, this whole thing, like they'll say all this stuff about like a bad uh, Apollo, Apollyon, and how it's supposed to be in the future, and it's going to be coming out of some cave in the Middle East, and or that the Babylon, you know, um, Iraq, and have this whole thing that uh, in you know, was it Nebuchadnezzar or. Nimrod or whatever is, you know, tomb has been open and they're going to raise him from the dead and all this stuff. And you know what? It's a fantastic story, Dylan. It's really captivating. It's really interesting. But it's the farthest thing from the truth. Uh, it's great for selling books. It's great for, you know, your literature to bring up this stuff. And you always have that opportunity of, and I hate to say this because when we're talking about people that call themselves Christians, but this plausible denial, and how many of them actually have military backgrounds? Did you really ask yourself that question? And you know, most people say, well, that's no big deal. But if military intel, how many of them have some kind of background like that? They brag about it, you know, they're in the military. And somehow that makes them trustworthy when it comes to the Word of God. And I'm here to tell you that does not make you trustworthy when it comes to the Word of God any more than if you said you were a mechanic for 50 years. In fact, complete opposite. Now, how could I say that? If we look at how... Have you guys heard about the... Was it uh, Weird Scenes of Laurel Canyon? Dave McGowan. Now, he's an atheist. But he's done a lot of research on Laurel Canyon in the 1960s where all these huge rock bands came out of, like Jim Morrison, whose dad, Admiral Morrison, was the guy at the Tonkin Bay incident that uh, initiated the uh, Vietnam War. Amazingly, where Jim Morrison supposedly died the same day that that ship that was at Tonkin Bay was decommissioned or it just gets so weird and weird. But anyways, all these guys that we looked up to, like Jim Morrison, I don't know if we looked up to him, but, you know, he's entertaining. Um, or the, um, 
Crosby, Steele, Nash, Young, and all these guys, and their blue blood military background. I'm here to tell you, I'm getting the impression my whole life has been a psychos. One thing after another. It's just been one big mind screw after another. And I strongly believe at this point, and you know what? I would have told you this two years ago. At this point, why is to keep me from studying history in that Bible? Because <laughs> if I would have done that, I would have come to the truth. And they don't want you to come to that truth. <laughs> and I think you go through the whole thing about that, too. So, But anyway, so, yeah, Dave McGowan, you ever get a chance to listen to some of the stuff, and, you know, uh, um, and his work about Laurel Canyon, you did some good work about the moon, too, and all that, whether you believe in that or not. Um, I We can have also someday about that, too, about whether we actually went to the moon or not and why we haven't been there since. And why, you know, you and I can't get a, you know, vacation there. You know what I mean? We can go everywhere else. Why can't we go to the moon if we've been there? Everywhere we've ever been, we can go back there. Anyways, just a question. But my point in all this is I think a lot of what's going on, folks, is that either these guys are deliberately deceiving us, and I'll go through the whole names, but you know these guys. You know the ones who are talking about the Nephilims. that are twisting these scriptures and saying that these locusts are going to come and they're going to be helicopters. Um, that Nimrod has been found in uh, the, uh, Baghdad and they're going to, you know, through genetic splicing or whatever, or whatever they call it, you know, transhumanism or the singularity or whatever, they're going to make they're going to make this antichrist beast thing. You know, there's something not right. And why these guys are so much promoted, why it's Tom Horn or it's, you know, whatever, you know, these, there's something very sinister going on, and it's worse than just con men trying to make a buck. I hate to tell you that. And the connections with Freemasonry, Rome, the Jesuits, and these men, you know, and I, I started my offense today. There's, when it comes back to, to that beginning of the show, is about one of these guys who's got a YouTube channel and is promoting some of this nonsense. Is that you know, it's time. It's time to to make to make my stand. You know what I mean? That you know, be a martyr, if you will. Uh, uh, you know, they can rub my name in the mud, destroy me. You know, I've, I've been forewarned over and over again not to brush with these guys because. Because of their connections, but if somebody doesn't expose these these men, and I know I'm being real cryptic, uh, but I want to actually spend a little time with these men, um, naming them, uh, but not just attacking them by a name and making a list of, but say you know this is the reason why this guy smells like a rat, you know what I mean, and then. Defend my, you know, my thesis, if you will, my theory. But it's not even that. I mean, it's reality. 
I mean, all you do is simply ask yourself this question. Why are these, none of these men talking about Rome? None of them. It's supposed to be men of God. It's supposed to be uh, a Christians, New Age guy, or not New Age, but uh, might as well be. I really do believe this non-denominational might as well be New Age denominational, in my opinion. Um, but you got all these guys, guys that I really liked a year ago, guys that you probably like on this show, people that you like. I know I've heard names on this show that people say they like, that I know at this point smell like a freaking rat. And why are they so popular? And why is somebody who um, speaks the truth, that exposes the Antichrist, who it really is, the papacy, who's talking about these things, and never gets heard one bit. If he does, well, let me rephrase that, hardly gets heard. You, you know, you, I know for I know for a fact, folks. If I had a, if I changed the format and I started talking about Jews, and the Jews are a, 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 the cause of everything, and they're the new world order and all that, instead of having three listeners, I would have three hundred. Not only that, I know that I would have downloads galore instead of a you know maybe a hundred a week. I would have ten thousand. I know this because I've been tracking other guys that do that, and I don't want it. It's not worth it. You know, I'm not going to be a liar. I'm not going to be a con artist, and I'm not going to try to fool you or myself. I've had enough of it. And you know what? If it means there's only three of us that know the truth, at least there's three of us that know the truth, and you know what? What else can we do? I'm not here to change the world. I don't, you know what? I, I just, I imagine the person who's listening to this uh, wants to know the truth. And, uh, you know, we have to start talking about the truth, even if it means that we become martyrs. And I think, you know, In the world that we live in right now, being a martyr is not necessarily uh, going to the gallows. It's more like just being ostracized, ignored, labeled as a kook. That's enough. But you know, I've, God's already put me in this position where I've lost just about everything that I don't care. <laughs> you say, well, yeah, you have a son. But yeah, I do. But you know, I care enough for him to actually tell him the truth. Wouldn't it be wonderful to know that my son grew up knowing the truth? That he didn't go through what I went through. 40 plus years of one freaking lie after another, one deception after another, believing one pile of nonsense after another. Wouldn't it be wonderful to just know that once in your life you made a difference in one person's life, maybe it's just your son or your daughter, and you gave them the opportunity to finally hear the truth. Not part of the truth. Not a little bit of it. Not a mixed bag. But actually the truth for once. So they actually could actually for once make a fair, you know, an intelligent, informed decision that we say that we care so much about. Yet we just don't spend any. I mean, I, listen, I'm not knocking anybody in particular, because I know what the truth is, for the first 40 years, I didn't do it. I didn't care. 
It was all about me. It was about my music. It was about my art. It was all about, you know, me. What I could get out of life. And I'm going to tell you, it was a big waste. Because all the way, all the experiences and all the things you had, you know what? Yeah, there were experiences. Um, I rather would have had the experiences of knowing for 40 years the truth. That what, how the world really works. Who's really in charge? What to expect really in this future? What really is important? What really does matter? And, and not just some lip service thing or some psychobabble thing or something. Well, if you read this book and you, you read these 12 points, you'll be a better that person. You'll be a happier person. If you do these 12 things, you'll be a more successful person. Or if you do this, you know, you'll, be, you'll win and influence more people or whatever the nonsense of the day is. Somebody just, just would have once told me the truth. And I do believe that most people intended to tell me the truth. But once again, it's the blind leading the blind. Over and over and over again. That's why we need to have a lot of patience, compassion. We need to love um, others, even those that I, we expose as you know, frauds. Uh, because... The, the hope, at least for me, is is that the people are listening to him will stop listening to him, and then they may wake up, and they may wake out of their deception, and repent, you know, and follow the the way, the truth, the life, and just stop making up all these fairy tales. So, anyways, I've been ranting on a lot, and I've had a very emotional. Well, I've had a very Growing week. Uh, the show's going to change a little bit, and um, <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, they're going to go. Yeah, good comments, by the way. Thank you very much. Um, and um, And uh, for those who who have joined, so anyways, uh, it's a recording, so you can always go back and listen to it. I'll try to do, maybe I'll do another show tomorrow and next night. I'm sure it depends. I wasn't really planning on doing a show because of my health issues, but just could not not do it. So anyways, thank you all for listening. Those who are listening in the future, keep your eye focused not only on our Lord Savior Jesus Christ, uh, but on the Antichrist and the fact he's coming to visit in September. And that's the real issue. That's the thing we need to deal with as a, as a people, as a society, as a country. We need to focus on that. We need to start asking those questions. What the heck? Why is this guy dressing a joint session to Congress and being asked of everybody, do you think that's appropriate? Do you think that's fair? What happened to separation church and state? 
I think that, my friends, could be the, the spark that changes things for the better for all of us. Just people thinking just about that simple one thing will change their lives, will change their horizon what the world really is all about. And maybe we can have some political change. Maybe we can have some cultural change. Maybe we can have some a little better. Start recognizing who is actually the one who's been causing us all these problems. So that um, got that. God bless you guys, and uh, talk to you soon. Yeah. One of these days, I'll start sending my my emails so people want to have comments. Really, can but for some reason I haven't done it. So, anyways, have a good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.